Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast God's Holy Word. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan. Today is episode 98 and we are going to be looking at Psalm 4. I'm going to be reading from the King James version of the Bible. If you like that version, great. If not, get a different one, but it's still really good because it's God's Holy Word. So let's go ahead and dive into this puppy here. So again, I'm reading Psalm 4 and this says to the chief musician, a psalm of David. So David wrote so many things and I'm so glad that we still have these these writings because David was definitely a man after God's own heart. He did not give up. He did not give up. I think he is a great mentor. He is a great role model, especially for men and women. I think that's really good. So let's take a look at this. It says, "Hear me when I call, O God, of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. O ye sons of men, how long will ye turn my glory into shame? How long will ye love vanity and seek after leasing Salah? But know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself." The Lord will hear when I call upon him. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Salah. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. There be many that say, who will shew us any good? Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart. more than in the time that their corn and their wine increase i will both lay me down in peace and sleep for thou lord only makest me dwell in safety what a beautiful psalm okay so let's dive into this it says hear me when i call o lord of my righteousness so god or david knows that when he calls on god god hears him god is not deaf god is not a distant god he's a present god God is everywhere, but he is present. Goes on to say, "Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress." What does that mean? He's not talking about becoming obese. He's talking about God blessed him when he was going through a lot. So what does that mean? Land, property, produce, horses, dominion. That's what's talking about. He's talking about whenever David went through really hard times, God expanded David's territory and his kingdom. So he used to say whenever the enemy is coming after you, you need to sow that seed into the kingdom, sow that distress, sow that heartache and give God a chance to enlarge you. I mean, who doesn't want a larger house, a nicer car, um make more money, have better health? That's what enlarging means here. God will give you what you need and he will bless what you have. goes on to say have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. So again, King David knows that God is not deaf. He's saying hear my prayer. O ye sons of men, how long will ye turn my glory into shame? Isn't it interesting how many people will be jealous of what you have and say, "Oh, you don't deserve that." Like they shame you for being blessed. That's what's going on here. He's saying, "Hey, how long are you going to shame me for being a blessed man?" That's what King David is saying. So, haters have been hating for a long time. Nothing new there. Goes on to say, "How long will ye love vanity?" Isn't it interesting how whenever people shame you for what you have, they're really just a vain, jealous, deceitful person? 
They're jealous of what you have. That's what that is talking about. Goes on to say and seek after leasing salah. Against salah is a Hebrew word that means to pause, pray, and meditate. Goes on to say, but know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. So if you are godly, God will set you apart for himself. But also if you're ungodly, God will not set you apart for himself. He'll just let you go to rack and ruin because you chose that. Goes on to say the Lord will hear when I call upon him. So King David knows that whenever he calls on God, God will hear him and God always hears him. Again, God is not deaf, never has been, never will be. Goes on to say stand in awe and sin not. So basically have reverence is what this is talking about. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Salah. Basically, take account of your day. Examine yourself every night when you go to bed. Like really examine your heart and figure out, you know, am I living the life I am supposed to be living? Am I as close to God as I can be? Goes on to say, offer these sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. Put your trust in the Lord. I love that. If you're not trusting God, if you're not putting your trust in God, who are you trusting and where are you putting your trust? Because whatever you are believing in, whatever you worship, whatever you practice, that's where you're putting your trust. Whether it's math, science, archaeology, medicine, and none of those things are bad in of themselves because they're blessings to us from God. But when you start worshiping what God created, that's idolatry. You need to worship the one true God. Goes on to say, there be many that say, who will show us any good? Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. He's saying, hey, don't forget don't forget about us. Continue to shine on us. Goes on to say, thou has put gladness in my heart, more than in the time that their corn and their wine increase. So, King David is saying, you have made me happier than the tangible things in life. That says a lot like God can make you happier than than a Ferrari or a yacht or a billion dollars. And God's not against those things. God wants to bless you with those things, but he's saying the gladness that God can put in your heart is far better than the things that he can bless you with. And God wants to do both. He wants to put gladness in your heart, but your heart has to be open. God wants to bless you, <coughs> excuse me, with all these tangible things, but you have to be open to him. You got to sow those seeds. Whether they're good, bad or ugly, you got to sow those seeds. Goes on to say, "I will both lay me down in peace and sleep." Have you ever gone to bed and you're not peaceful and you toss and turn and you're frustrated and oh i guess i should get a drink of water oh maybe i can fall asleep with the tv on you don't have peace in your heart if you do not have peace in your heart and you're trying to go to bed like you're trying to fall asleep you need to ask yourself what's wrong why do i not have peace in my heart there's something going on that my body is not okay with You know, just because you think you're okay doesn't mean you're okay. 
If something is bothering you, guess what? There's a reason why it's bothering you. You need to address it and address it immediately, and you need to take it up with God first. Just a quick, simple little prayer takes like two seconds, if that. God help me. Help me with X, Y, Z. Thank you, God. I appreciate it. Just real quick. That is a simple, easy fix, as opposed to laying there in bed, being miserable, fretting, having nightmares, and not knowing, not knowing what's going to happen the next day. Whereas when you have peace in your heart, you know exactly what's going to happen the next day. You're going to have a good life. You are going to enjoy your day, regardless of what happens. Goes on to say, "For Thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety." Have you ever gone to bed and you don't feel safe? You know, there was one apartment I had years ago. Oh my gosh, it was ghetto trash, but I loved it because it was super cheap. <laughs> I was trying to save money, and here's the thing: whenever you're trying to save money, you better look out for a trap. Because we worship the God of Abraham, and we are not supposed to be looking at things from a point of view of, oh, I can't afford this, so I'm going to go cheap. Don't go lower, go higher, folks. So I lived in this really ghetto apartment, and believe me, my furniture stood out because I don't have ghetto furniture. But every night when I would go to bed, there would be gunshots, and initially it terrified me. Like the first couple weeks, if not first month, I lived there. And then I got accustomed to it, which is really sad. You basically get accustomed to whatever your surroundings are. So、um, I got used to the gunshots, and then I got irritated by them. Like initially, when I heard the gunshots, because I lived in the ghetto and there was druggies and things like that. Initially, when I heard the gun gunshots, I would be terrified and I'd be scared and couldn't go to sleep. Then I got accustomed to the gunshots, but then later. Whenever they woke me up, I would be mad. I'm like, "Can't you handle your stuff during the day?" <laughs> you know, it's just like, we want to sleep. The people that live in this building, we want to sleep. Like, do your business during the day, just not near me. And then when I went back to bed, I was like, "Whoa, I can't believe I just thought that or said that." I was like, "Oh my goodness, that's not how I should be thinking. I shouldn't want." Any gunshots whatsoever, <laughs> whether during the night or during the day, but you know when you're trying to fall asleep and you hear stuff like that, you get frustrated because you're like, "Will these people not shut up?" It just gets so old. So needs to say, you need to be careful where you live, who you associate with, and you need to be aware. Okay. Is it difficult to fall asleep? And if so, why? If it's difficult to fall asleep because there's gunshots outside and almost always a police siren because the police were always local because of this area, that's probably a hint that you should move, especially if you're a woman. Number two, if you can't fall asleep and there's not gunshots or something, you still need to ask yourself, what's going on? Like, what's bothering me? Why is there an issue? Because if you are putting your faith in God. Then you should be dwelling in safety, and you should be able to fall asleep really quick, just like a, a baby. You need to trust God because if you don't trust God, you're doubting God, and doubt always leads to discouragement, fear, anger, hatred, bitterness. Doubt is a horrible, horrible attribute to have. Like, don't ever take that on. Sow it. You know, sow that bad seed. Just say, Lord, 
I sow my doubt in the kingdom. I sow that in the kingdom. I choose to believe, and I thank you for a hundredfold return. You need to sow your seeds, whether they're good, bad, or ugly. You need to sow your seeds. So what I should have done years ago when I heard those gunshots, I should have, first of all, I should have said, Lord, help these people to not commit crimes anymore. Help them to value human life. Help them to、uh, stop giving the police something to do. <laughs> you know. And I should have said, Lord, I sow all these gunshots into the kingdom. But see, I didn't know about sowing. I didn't understand that. I wasn't raised in that. I wasn't raised to believe in a better life. I just wasn't raised that way. I was raised that life is hard, and you're probably not going to be blessed, and God's trying to kill you. That's what I was raised in. So needs to say, when I woke up to the fact that how I was raised was completely wrong. I was like, "Wow!" So basically, doing everything that is the opposite is correct. <laughs> so,、um, which is easy for me because I'm very black and white, yes and no. So it's like, okay, once I understand what to do, I got it. You know, I, I understand it. So needs to say, sow those seeds, and then you will know that you're dwelling in safety, and then you can sleep better. I will go ahead and end it there for this lovely podcast. But as usual, until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole. That you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye bye. We bought.